Hello and welcome to Baylor Connections, a conversation series with the people shaping our future. Each week we go in-depth with Baylor leaders, professors, and more discussing important topics in higher education, research, and student life. I'm Derek Smith and our guest today is Dr. Jim Marsh. Dr. Marsh serves as Dean of Student Health and Wellness and Executive Director for the Counseling Services at Baylor, overseeing departments within Baylor Student Life that meet the physical and emotional wellness needs of students counseling services, campus rec, care team services, health services, and wellness. A licensed psychologist, Dr. Marsh came to Baylor in 1999 and has led Baylor Counseling Services for nearly two decades, expanding his role to dean in 2019. Well, I know it's a busy time for uh, you and your team throughout the year, and as we approach the, uh, hard to believe, the end of a uh, semester before too long, appreciate you taking the time to join us, Dr. Marsh. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, thank you, Derek. It's glad to be here and glad to talk about what we're doing in uh, student health and wellness. You know, you've got a, a great team, a varied team that does a lot of uh, work that covers the gamut, as we'll, we'll talk about here. Uh, and let's, uh, let, let's just sort of define when we talk about health and wellness a little bit. Those are two words that I think most of us sort of intuitively feel like we understand, but our definitions might fail to cover what it is that uh, you mean when we talk about the breadth of their impact. So what are we talking about when we talk about health and wellness uh, individually or collectively? Right. And that's a great question. And, uh, you know, I, I really see a shift more to the term wellness, you know, um, and using that term more broadly. Um, and, but I'll explain how we conceptualize that in student health and wellness. I think the word health tends to be more associated with physical uh, and mental health and is often associated with the absence of illness mm-hmm. is tied to the word health. Uh, wellness, though, is a broader term. And it's a term that we're seeing a lot more in universities. It tends to include not just the the physical and the mental slash emotional health, but it also includes other dimensions such as social, uh, relational, spiritual, even financial uh, or or career. Uh, And some, you know, particularly at a place like Baylor, we might even add in uh, the uh, idea of meaning uh, or purpose in life as a concept of wellness. How much uh, do those two words, uh, how similar are they? How unique are they on their own in terms of the work you do? Yeah. So when we think about uh, the work that is done in student health and wellness, so this is the health center, it's the counseling center, it's the wellness department, it's a care team and campus recreation. I mean, think of the student life center, right? And so every basically everything in there is student health and wellness. Um, you know, I think of our program uh, our, our collective program, all those departments together, uh, operating on these two axes. Um, and the x-axis, if you want to call it, we'll call it the intervention axis. And it, it, it ranges from what I call prevention all the way to restoration. Um, and then on the y-axis, it really represents kind of this range of intensity. You know, a, a lot of our programs we might consider low intensity, Right, but we have other programs that we're can consider high intensity. Right, mm-hmm. so for example, when we think about those five departments, they're not they're not just five distinct departments. No, they're very strong departments in and of themselves, and they've been that way for many years. But when you really look at those five departments, there's a lot of overlap, and so I think about the overlap really occurring in five uh, areas. And that kind of first one, which is more in that lower, maybe lower intensity, more prevention focus, is health education, outreach, and prevention. So you're going to see our 
suicide prevention programs, mental health first aid, uh, wellness coaches, well departments, uh, education on, you know, mental health, relationships, sleep, nutrition, things like that. And then a, a step up would be what might be health enhancing activities, self-care, which is going to be your exercise, your intramural, your club sports, outdoor adventure, fit well for all, things like that. And then as it moves up, there's a, a middle level there, which is student support and community. Uh, we have the, uh, the BARC programs, which is a great place of community for students in recovery. We have recovery housing, uh, care team services, outdoor adventure, and, and really many students find a sense of community, find a sense of belonging through campus recreation. You know, I know that was a big part of a community in my life when I was an undergrad was participating in intramural sports and campus recreation. And it is an area that we're really trying to lean into to help students develop community and develop it very quickly, especially as freshmen arrive. And then you move to that higher end, right, which is more toward restoration or maybe the intensity picks up a bit. And that's going to be your direct health care services, which is going to be counseling, primary care, psychiatry, medical nutrition therapy, physical therapy. And now we've added uh, a program, uh, telehealth by academic life care. And then that fifth level would be our crisis response, mm-hmm. and which is a big part of what we do, which is an important part of what we do for uh, students. It's been a growing uh, area, but that's going to be our care team. It's going to be uh, uh, students who've been placed under our policy on threat or harm to themselves uh, or others. Um, we do have times where students through the counseling center or the health center uh, need to be hospitalized. And so that's that highest level of, of what we do. Well, thank you for giving us that visualization yeah. as we think through the different services that, uh, that you offer as we visit with Dr. Jim Marsh. And Dr. Jim Marsh, as we talk about these more, I want to ask a little bit more. It's a broad question, but maybe it's one you, you, you get a lot. You know, we've in the spring of 22, how are students doing? What are you seeing? What's sort of the assessment on a broad level uh, you would give? And what are the needs and opportunities that present for you and your team to try to meet in a time like this? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think our students are like students all across the country. Uh, COVID has created challenges. Uh, it's created isolation uh, for our students in some ways, a lack of community. There's certainly a number of our students have experienced, you know, personal and family loss, uh, financial challenges. Um, you know, maybe they were seeking mental health care, but that was postponed or paused during the pandemic. Uh, there's some evidence that suggests that uh, the online education that they've been a part of for the last two years, I mean, it's, it's not a blanket statement, but it's probably not all been the same for every student. So it's left them at times maybe less prepared. If you look at the data from the end of February, so for this year we've had over 1,800 students that they've worked with. Well, that's about a 10% increase over last year, and we've got three months to go, wow. right? So we've seen that area uh, continue to grow. You know, counseling, uh, as of the end of la- late part of uh, March, over 2,500 students. That's 19% higher than our previous high, which was pre-COVID in 2018, 2019. And the health center, our primary care mental health appointments, uh, they're closing in on about 1,700, which that's about 7% higher than the previous high. So from a data standpoint, I think you see that um, 
you know, students are definitely taking advantage of what we have here. Mm-hmm. And we have really great, robust services uh, at the university. So I, I think it's impacted, COVID has impacted all of us in different ways. Um, I, when I think about this, I'm reminded that our faculty and staff, uh, all of us, uh, even the two of us, have been impacted uh, you know, by COVID in some, some different ways. And I'm just thankful that we have the resources to respond uh, to our students and to support them and help them be successful in the classroom. You know, I noticed you mentioned telehealth there. How, how have, that's maybe one way answer to this, but how, how have you and your staff uh, worked to keep up with that demand? You've got increasing breadth of services and increasing numbers as well. Well, something that really helped was telehealth. And if you go back to about a year ago, uh, and we were looking at just reading the literature, listening to different speakers, uh, we knew that there was coming, kind of as we started to emerge out of COVID and come back to the university, we knew that there was going to be an increase. I mean, everyone was predicting a surge, if you will. We knew we couldn't manage that surge in the way we wanted to. And we also knew that we couldn't, uh, I've heard this phrase, hire our way out, right? So we had to really think differently, uh, a, a paradigm shift, if you will, about how we, how we, how we went about this. Um, so we began the process of looking for a third-party telehealth provider, and we um, have a partnership with uh, AHP, or Academic Health Plan. That's the same company that provides our student insurance. And what we've been able to do uh, is provide, on the medical side, uh, virtual urgent care, psychiatry, and nutrition services. It's all free to students, and it's all unlimited. So no session limits. And then on the counseling side, we've been able to add uh, a 24-7 support line and counseling, uh, again, completely free, completely unlimited. That's right. And uh, what we really like about it is that it's able to do some things that we've just not been able to do. Appointments, you know, we're open 8 to 5. You can have appointments in the evenings, weekends, uh, when the university is closed, um, it's available to students who aren't here on campus. Uh, they could be n- our nursing students up in Dallas. We've got some grad- graduate students down in Houston, our EMBA programs. I think I heard somewhere that 40% or more of our grad- graduate student population is now online. So anywhere they are, our Baylor in D.C., Baylor in Washington. So those, those students now have access to basically the same level of service that students do here at the brick and mortar, which was an important goal. Uh, and actually from an accreditation standpoint, it was, a, it was a goal for us as well. We are visiting with Dr. Jim Marsh, Dean of Student Health and Wellness and Executive Director for Counseling Services at Baylor, talking about student health and, and, and well-being. And you know, you've been here for uh, the better part of two decades and you've seen these resources grow over the uh, years. What, what trends are you seeing that may have been especially valuable? I think you just described one, but are there any other trends worth mentioning or areas of growth that uh, Baylor has been proactive in enhancing over the years that have been especially valuable lately? Well, there's, there's different data that we look at. One, we look at our own Baylor data, have tracked this for years. We, uh, so we look at that. Uh, we look at also what's happening nationally. Uh, the national data and some of the comparison. And then, you know, I'm always interested in what's going on with uh, our generation of students, right? So 
And, um, you know, I think from a trend standpoint, uh, we've already talked about how there's been an increase um, in the uh, demand and the request for services. I think that's a good thing. There's a lot of good about that. I think there's students are more open. Uh, I think they are, there's less stigma. I think they're more concerned and, and wanting to take care of themselves physically uh, and mentally. I think some of the other trends that we've looked at really comes from this generation of, of students, right, our, our Gen Z students. And so I could talk for a long time about this one, but a, a few things that we, we're, we're aware of, again, this is broad stroke, but this is a very high uh, academic achieving generation of students. Uh, they, uh, as parents, We've prepared them well. You know, they've got record-setting GPAs and SAT and ACT scores. Um, you know, parents, of which I'm one, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a, I'm a Gen X parent, right, mm. which is typically the parent of a, of a Gen Z student. And the data says that even though um, it's a generation that's been hit the hardest financially, parents have doubled down on education to prepare mm. their students. Uh, there are a few other things that are that are interesting that we have to keep in mind um, as a younger generation in some ways. So when you look at all these markers of growth and maturity and you compare them to past generation, so you have things like uh, when did you get your driver's license, right? Did you have a job in high school? And then there's these other markers, you know, time spent with friends versus time spent with parents. What we find is that uh, on average, Gen Z is younger. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, one of my, Jean Twenge, Dr. Twenge, she talks about one of her statements is that the, an 18-year-old Gen Z is the equivalent of a 15-year-old millennial. So they're just younger in some ways. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think um, that's just something that we have to be mindful of uh, and to be thoughtful about. And then I don't, I don't fault them. This mm-hmm. is how... This is the culture that they're raised in, and it's being reinforced in some ways. Yeah, this is fascinating. We could probably do a whole show talking about these uh, generational differences and working with them as teachers and faculty and employers and otherwise as we visit with Dr. Jim Marsh, Dean of Student Health and Wellness and Executive Director for Counseling Services at Baylor. Let's uh, let's go through those uh, a little bit, uh, each of them, starting with wellness. What would people find if uh, they started diving into the programs within wellness? Yeah, if they started to dive in there, they're going to find, uh, first of all, they're going to be aware of the BARC, our Beecham Addiction Recovery uh, Center, and the support that we have for students who are in recovery, um, the community that we offer there. Uh, they're going to find uh, fitness and nutrition. Most people know Van Davis, and so mm-hmm. Van Davis is, uh, have been working in that area. Uh, they're also going to find a lot of the education and, and outreach that we do with students around traditional health-related issues, but uh, but also some uh, we've been doing more uh, mental health types of outreaches there, such as the mental health first aid. That's great. What about uh, the counseling center? I mean, obviously, maybe that's obvious to some people. But I want to ask you about that. Well, you know, the counseling center, you know, uh, again, a, a very robust uh, counseling center. Uh, we provide individual uh, couples group therapy, do a lot of education and outreach. Probably one of the things that most people don't know is that we're a pretty large training facility. Uh, we train, we see it as part of our mission that we train uh, graduate students. So we have uh, uh, four doctoral students in higher education, I mean, in, in counseling who are there. We have 
uh, a number of practicum students from our SIDI program. We have social work interns, and we actually also have an intern from UMHB. So we have a pretty wow. robust uh, training program that we that we do. That's great. Uh, you mentioned the care team uh, earlier, but anything to add there? You know, I, we just have four great staff members uh, uh, led by Megan Becker, who's doing a great job. And and when we look at the data, that, that area has just grown um, every year. And probably some of the unsung heroes, right, of the uh, of the division. Uh, they are the ones who spend uh, day in, day out working with students, uh, helping students that are, are challenged by a number of things. It might be academics, might be family issues, it might be finances, might be food insecurity. It could be any number of things, and they help connect them to uh, the right resources. And again, they're probably closing in. Uh, we're projecting they'll work with over 2,000 students by wow. the end of the semester. What about uh, health services? All right, the health center. You know, the health center, um, you know, they have, uh, you know, Dr. Stern and her team, uh, you know, they do an outstanding job. And I think for a lot of the years, really all the years I've been here, uh, you know, they've just been behind the scenes taking care of students, you know, and their health needs. And with COVID, it really put them, as some would say, the tip of the spear. Uh, they were front and center um, working with students, you know, testing. Uh, we think about students in isolation, students who are in quarantine. And I think it's important that everyone listening really uh, understands and knows how much the health center stepped up to uh, for the university these last two years. I mean, it was pretty close to a 24-7 operation. Wow. It really was. We had, you know, the amount of testing that we did, uh, those test results don't, you know, just come in at one o'clock every day, right? Mm-hmm. They come in all throughout the day and they would come in even late in the day at night and on the weekends. And those are health issues, right? So they, you know, somebody had to work, somebody had to respond and, and uh, do what was needed for those students. So I think it's important that people know that our health center has, really worked around the clock for a good while now. And I think they're a big part of why we're in the position we are at this moment. That's great. Absolutely well-deserved recognition. And, and other needs don't just stop just because right. we're in COVID either. That's, <laughs> right. uh, People still get the flu. Yes. People still have other things, respiratory absolutely. infections of different types. You're right. Absolutely. And what about uh, Campus Rec? I know a lot of holistic hmm. offerings there in Campus Rec. There's, there's a really a lot there. Um, when you think about, most people probably think primarily about the Student Life Center and um, the the workout facilities, a racquetball, basketball, uh, but a, a very robust uh, intramural program. Uh, and we've really looked at intramurals as a way to bring connection and community. Uh, we've changed some things there from a competition standpoint uh, to really get more students involved and have some competition between residence halls, um, outdoor adventure, you know, some of the trips they go on uh, for uh, spring break, uh, the marina, um, club sports. I mean, there's a lot there that students can get involved in. And and we really see it as a key part of how students can be healthy and they can be well. And we do think about how can we get more students involved in not just the traditional campus rec, intramural sports kind of ways. You know, it's not just for your former high school athlete. Uh, they've really tried to lean into what are some programs we can do to 
maybe involve students who maybe didn't play sports in high school, but they want to be active, they want to have competition, they want to be with their friends. And so they've done a really good job of, of rethinking, retooling some of the things they're doing. Well, that's great. And as we uh, as we head into the last couple of minutes on the program, I want to ask you, you know, you just mentioned all of those. What's what's most enjoyable to you about seeing uh, to you and your team about being able to tie these different threads together and, and see them work together, particularly, as you said, as we move from kind of the pandemic to endemic, you know, hopefully in the uh, weeks ahead? Well, uh, part of what's most enjoyable is I've got a great team mm-hmm. and uh, a great group of directors that uh, I've worked with for, I worked with them for a long time as when, before I was dean. And so when I moved into dean, I just continued it in another way. But just an outstanding, hardworking, committed uh, group that will we'll do whatever we can to, to, to get it done. I think the exciting part for me has been um, thinking about how all five departments now work together to accomplish some goals. Right. As I mentioned, five very strong departments in and of themselves. But now, what, do we, what is it that we have in common and how can we harness the resources of these five departments to start to move some initiatives forward that will improve the lives of our students? I mentioned earlier that kind of conceptualization of mm-hmm. uh, here's our, uh, you know, from um, uh, prevention to restoration and our levels of intensity, you know, one of the things we're thinking about and we're going to be doing here in the future is really thinking about that uh, that that part of the quadrant that's um, focused on prevention. I mean, what can we do um, with, you know, all our numbers, all our numbers keep going up. What can we do to help students when they arrive at Baylor University to, uh, and there's different words, right, be resilient, cope, um, thrive, you know, certainly a Baylor word that we're talking about these days is flourish. What can we do on that end uh, uh, of that scale to really improve the lives of our students? And that's the exciting part that we're just now starting to lean into. Well, we'll look forward to seeing that in the uh, in the months and years ahead. And in the meantime, we want to commend your staff as well for their uh, the great work. Uh, you mentioned unsung heroes with the uh, you know, with the health services. I know that's the case for a lot of people within your department. So thanks so much for taking the time to come in and share with us today. Thank you, Derek. Dr. Jim Marsh, Dean of Student Health and Wellness and Executive Director for Counseling Services at Baylor, our guest today on Baylor Connections. I'm Derek Smith. A reminder, you can hear this and other programs online at baylor.edu slash connections, and you can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for joining us here on Baylor Connections.